Today, I, I just pray that some of you can overcome your disbelief in yourself. Lift up your hand and say, Father, help me to overcome the unbelief in myself. Now, you, <laughs> there are three levels of belief. Number one is believing in God. When you believe in God. Huh? That he's all powerful. He's the God of glory. He's omnipresent. He's omniscient. He's omnipotent and all that. So that's what you believe about God. The other thing you believe is believing in the prophets. So the Bible said, believe your servants. Believe in the Lord your God. And so shall you be established. Believe also his servants the prophets. And so shall you prosper. So you believe in God. Then you believe also in his prophet. We emphasize all this. Some people's problem is not believing in God. They are okay with that. Believing in the prophet is not a problem for them. They believe in that. Believing in themselves. And this is where the unbelievers are far better than us. This is where the unbelievers for example, the length of time um, Prophet Ernest Golo has spent in this church. If he has spent it in a classroom, he will be a doctor or a professor by now. But in the spirit, you ask him who he is, he will say he's a protocol member. How to even believe that by now all this word and all this anointing and the Christ he has received and the Holy Ghost baptism in him has done far more than just following his senior pastor. He can't believe it goes now. Please. Listen. You carry more than you think. And to walk constantly in the anointing, you must overcome your dependence on emotions. You must overcome your dependence on emotions. The anointing within me is the one that is instigating the thought of data. Some of you two are there say, ah, my mind told me. Oh. The worst culprits are the ones who say something told me. Are you filled with something? Something can be a crab. It can be, it can, it can be a snail. Something can be a bat. Something can be a lizard. You are not filled with something. You are filled with the Holy Ghost. Now, you will have to come to a place where you are not depending on emotions. You don't have to feel anointed to be anointed. You don't have to feel anointed to be anointed. How many of you can feel your blood inside you? You don't. But the fact that you are alive means there's oxygen in you. And the fact that you are alive means there's blood in you. In the same way in the realm of the spirit, the fact that you are spiritually alive means in him you live and move and have your being. Listen, if you were not anointed, you will not be sitting here. So I believe in pastors laying hands on you. I believe in the anointing oil. I believe in somebody giving you a mantle. I believe in all that. 
But all that comes to add to, or they come to stir up that which is in you already. So the anointing oil, when they lay hands on you with the anointing oil and pray for you, what they are actually doing is they are stirring up something that is lying in you already. An unction, an unguent, a, a smearing that is within you already. So you must have the faith to know that you are anointed. Have the faith to know that you are anointed. And in 1 John chapter 2 and the verse number 27, you see the emphasis. And it is emphasizing the fact that you have an anointing that lives in you. And it says that that anointing abides in you. The anointing abides in you. And the meaning of that word abide is that the anointing remains in you. Ever since you received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, the glory of God, the anointing of God, and everything came into you. And then when you were baptized in the Holy Ghost, the power of the Holy Ghost came upon you. So you read your Bible in that first John chapter 2 and the verse number 27. And it said, but the anointing which you have received of him abides in you. So the anointing constantly and permanently indwells you. The anointing constantly and permanently indwells you. But the anointing which you have received of him abideth in you and you have no need that any man teach you. But as the same anointing teaches you of all things and is truth and is no lie and even as it has taught you, you shall abide in him. Now John at this point is teaching the Christians because there were many concepts of the anointing. There were many things people believed in the anointing. And there were many, many, many powers. People were peddling. Like these days, sometimes when we are doing even the online streaming, you will see some people come online and they are trying to deceive people. Huh? Somebody can come online and say, look, I have some magical powers and I can do this and this and that for you. And they put it on our platforms. They interfere almost every preacher's platform with, with some of those kind of deceptions. But he's saying... When you have the anointing, you don't need any man to teach you. But as the same anointing teaches you of all things, and it's truth and it's no lie, and even as it has abided in you, you shall abide in the anointing. The anointing lives in you. And when I, whenever I look at the anointing, I see two kinds of anointing. The within anointing and the without anointing. This particular verse of scripture is talking about the within anointing. The anointing within you. And the anointing within you is based on the fact that you have the Holy Ghost. Number two, Christ indwells you. And number three, the word of God indwells you. So three things. Number one, the Holy Ghost. Number two, Christ. Number three, the word of God. When you are full of Christ and you are full of the Holy Ghost, you are full of the Word of God, you are anointed. The Word of God in you is more powerful than a bottle of oil. The Word of God in you is more powerful than me taking a piece of cloth and putting upon you. If you don't understand this and you start looking for the anointing just in the physical realm, you are going to be in trouble. But I want to lay the foundation well. Reason I carry an anointing and I'm not worried about it. I'm not worried about going astray. It's because my life is founded on the word of God. I, I am a student of the word of God. I, I believe in the person of the Holy Ghost. And 
I also believe in the indwelling Christ. In that case, my anointing is not based on the way I feel. The anointing is permanent. Now, you know whether you are sad or you are happy, your blood is in you. Whether you are sad or you are happy, oxygen is in you. So the fact that you are sad doesn't mean the Holy Ghost is not in you. The Holy Ghost within you is so powerful. And I want to describe the presence of the Holy Ghost in you with just two words. Number one is glory and the other one is grace. Everybody say glory. Come on, shout the glory. Now, the, the glory of God is in you. The glory of God is in you. And um, the glory of God is normally described as all that God is and all that God has. Everything God is and everything God has dwell in you. Everything that God is, everything that God has, including his nature and heaven, everything about God, everything about heaven, everything about God's radiance, everything about God's countenance, everything about what God can do, everything about what God has, everything that God is represents his glory. And the Bible said that this glory of God lies in you through the indwelling of Christ, the anointed one. So in the book of Colossians, the Bible lays it there and he said, to whom God will make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Now, when he says to whom, what is he talking about? He's talking about us. He's talking about the Colossians. And he's saying that Jesus Christ was made manifested to you and you received Jesus so that it will be made known the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles. Now, it is simple. There's water in this bottle. My aim is to give this water to mommy. That's my aim. But you see, I cannot take this water in my hands and give to him, to her, because all the water will just pour away. So I put the water in a container so that she can have the water. In the same way, God's glory is available. It is powerful. And God wanted to ship this glory to humankind, to the Gentiles and to the unbelievers so that they can see who God is. And what God just did was that God looked for me and you, filled us with his glory and then gave us to the Gentiles so that when the Gentiles see us, they can see the glory of God. They can see the nature of God. They can see the power of God. So as a matter of fact, you are a carrier of the glory of God. That means... When people look at you from today, they are not supposed to be seeing your father's DNA. They are supposed to be seeing the glory of Christ in you. They are not supposed to be seeing your father's ancestral curses. That is why I have a problem with if you have to spend 10 years breaking one ancestral curse. I come from one of the most idolatrous families, of course, in the past. But by the grace of God, Myself, my father, my siblings. We dealt with that ancestral case and killed it in one generation. In one generation. Because, I, no, my children shouldn't walk in that thing. 
Don't, don't spend all your time struggling with one case like that. Because right now, your ancestor does not live in you. Christ is the one that lives in you. Your ancestors, I can tell you, the last time I checked, they were dead and they were buried and their bones are rotten. They suffered corruption. But you, you are filled with the incorruptible glory of God Almighty. That is what you are filled with. We have underestimated God for too long. We've underestimated God for too long. So you see people, oh, and when I dream, I see this. And when I dream, I see that. And that is because of the way you, you, you have believed so much in the negativity. You have not meditated well enough. The Bible said, out of the multitude of the business of the day, the man dreamed. But because of how little you are in your mind, how little you are in your meditation, because of the way you have starved your spirit of the word of God, you are so starved of the word of God that when you are walking about daytime, everything is a curse, everything is a bondage, everything is ancestral bondage, everything is misery. So when you sleep, it's the same thing you dream. But if you are a man full of the word of God, oh Jesus, nothing will ever chase you in your dream. Nothing will pursue you in your dream. It is impossible for you to dream that you are dead. No. Even if you dreamt you were dead, you would dream in the same dream that you rose up from the dead. Am I talking to somebody at all? I pray that something within you, an anointing within you, will overcome the one that is in the world. The Bible said, he, whosoever is born of God, and whatsoever is born of God, overcometh the world. And this is a victory that overcometh the world. Even our faith. You cannot separate faith and glory. When it comes to the external anointing or the without anointing, you can feel it. But in terms of the within anointing, you don't feel anointed, but you know you are anointed. I came to tell somebody here today, oh, the Lord said I should tell you something. The Lord said I should tell Every year, when they manufacture Land Cruiser, 2020 edition will be different from 2021. And the 2021 is a modern version. But you can tell it's the same Land Cruiser. Now Jesus was going into heaven and he said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that believeth in me, the works that I do shall he do also, and greater works than these shall he do. I came here to announce to somebody right now, that just that there is a latest edition of Mercedes and a latest edition of Land Cruiser, you are the latest edition of Christ. Yeah. Oh, come on. I said you are the latest edition of Christ. <laughs> when he was on earth, he said, He that has seen me has seen the Father. And another statement he made Whosoever receiveth me receives the one that sent me, and whosoever receives you receives me. If people want to see Jesus Christ today, they don't have to go to heaven. They simply have to look at you. Can I say that again? If people want to see Jesus, they don't have to go to heaven. They simply have to look at you. And that word Christian, that word Christian, I think it began from Antioch. And the meaning of the word Christian is a little Christ. If you want to see Jesus, just look at me.
you want to see his love just look at me so when you stand during praise and worship and you are singing now Yes, But looking at the way you are frustrated, if Christ looks like you, no, look at yourself well. Ask yourself if you are Christ. How many people will be saved? Everybody will run away from Christianity. That is why you know what? The victory of Jesus can, should be seen in you. The glory of Jesus, his power, his wisdom. By the time you put the content of your brain on the ground, everybody will say, this is this Jesus that is thinking. So he said in that verse, Colossians, to whom God would make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the gentiles so god wanted his light to shine among the gentiles and he put that glory that anointing that power in you and then he decided to take you to show the world what it is your family will never be saved until you start shining your community will never be saved until you start shining it is Christ that made you light and he said you are the light of the world and no man lies a light to put it under a bushel but they put it on a lampstand so that it will give light to the whole world and the Bible said to the whole room and the Bible said the city that is set on the hill cannot be hidden from today listen start understanding you are filled with the glory of God you are not a baller so the way you think the way you do your things the way you live your life your, your, your feeling about yourself is not from god i mean i'm talking about those negative feelings and i'm nothing and i'm and i'm a little boy and i'm a little girl and who am i look at me miserable look at me frustrated all these things don't come from god the devil just wants to make you a miserable person so he said in that same verse that to wait which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. And that word hope of glory, when you read many translations, they say that Christ in you, the hope of sharing the glory. So God wants to share his glory among the Gentiles. He wants to distribute his glory among the Gentiles. He wants the Gentiles to understand the full scope of God's power. The full grace of God's power. He wants the world to see everything that God is. And he decided that, you know what? I'm going to package God in you. And I'm going to ship it to the rest of the world. So you are a package of the glory of God. If you are not understanding anything at all i want you to just think for one second if jesus christ was like you 
I'm not saying if you were like Jesus. I'm saying if Jesus Christ was like you. Because you see, whenever we say if you are like Christ, people have been hiding behind that thing. Hmm. What I'm saying is a time must come. Jesus is seated in heaven. He finished his work and he went and sat on the right hand of the throne of God. He took his glory and everything he is and put in you. May people see you and get confused and think they are seeing Jesus on earth. As a matter of fact, what Pastor Steve and Pastor ah, that is the way you and Jesus are supposed to be. Christ in you, not the hope of some of his glory, but Christ in you, the fullness of his glory. So I want you for once to think if Jesus, I'm not saying if you look like Jesus, because you can easily hide behind a hymn. Lord, I want to be like Jesus in my heart, in my heart. Oh Lord, I want to be like Jesus in my heart. In my heart, 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 Lord, I want to be like Jesus in my heart. In my heart, in my heart, in my heart, in my heart, in my heart. Oh Lord, I want to be like Jesus in my heart now. We used to sing this song, boy. We used to sing. And you can hide behind this hymn. And all your life you want to be like Jesus. So the question I'm asking you is, from the day you were born again, you wanted to look like Jesus. Can Jesus attempt wanting to look like you? You sitting here. Do you think Jesus would hope? That he will be like you for even five minutes. Because I'm telling you, if Jesus looks at you for five minutes, the world has come to an end. Your bitterness, your anger, your frustration, your complaints, your negativity, or the way you have allowed sickness to bath you from the crown of your head to the soles of your feet. And as for the sins, you swim in the sin. Let's go back to the question. It's a very interesting question. Just assume for one minute that Jesus looked like you. For five days. The way you are treating your family members. The way you are behaving in the church. The way you are behaving in your place of work. Huh? If Jesus is like you. Because if you look like Jesus, then Jesus looks like you. Abby, somebody bring me, okay, 
This, they look like each other. This one looks like this one. This one too looks like this one. So if you say you look like Jesus, then Jesus looks like you. So, if Jesus looks like you, the way you complain, my salary is too small. When Jesus had five loaves of bread, he didn't complain it was too small. He took it and thanked God and it multiplied. So by now, you should be a salary multiplier. You can't even say amen to that. Uh, uh, daddy, this is impossible though. If it's impossible, then go and follow Tigari. Go and follow idols. Because the Bible said, even concerning idols, it said, he that worships the idols is like the idol. You are always like what you worship. You are always like what you worship. Listen, we don't only worship God. We, worship, we don't only worship God to go to heaven. We worship God to look like him. No, 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 no. I don't think you understood that one. Yakutu Nyamye, Hallelujah. Yakutu Nyamye, Hallelujah. O Gwama, O Fata, O Gwama, Aye, Seo. And sometimes when you think about heaven, all you are thinking about is that one day we are going to go to heaven and we are going to stand there and we are going to worship God every day. So we are going to go to heaven and 24 hours a day. Mama Sule, Masule, Mama, oh, oh, we shall praise him and praise him forever. And we'll just be before the throne. We bow down and worship you. So we worship, we worship, we worship 24. If God just wanted this, he would have created Agama lizards. You see the way we normally worship. We and Agama, there's no difference. We are saying thank you, Jesus. Thank you, my Lord. We are saying thank you, Jesus. That is Agama worship. If this is all God wanted, he would have just created Agama lizards. But the Bible said, but we shall reign with him. So we worship him who is sitting on the throne and by worshiping him who sits on the throne, we receive an anointing to also sit on the throne. And he said that he would tell them, you are my faithful servant. Now inherit ten cities and reign with me. I pray in the name, listen, may you never, never, never think that God is not sitting in heaven wishing you could look like him just a little bit i got to a place where i said i don't know what god looks like i've never seen him if it's anything is the glory i will see in the form of a light in the form of a shadow i not see god like i'm seeing mommy but i got to a place where i said you know what i want to start by how does God treat me? How do I want God to treat me? I managed to define the way I want God to treat me. And I decided that if I want to be like God, then the same way I want God to treat me, that is the way I will treat others.
So, now, so, if I do a wrong thing, I want God to forgive me. The same way, if I see somebody has done a wrong thing against me, I will forgive the person. Because that is the way I want God to treat me. So, I don't want to be bitter against anybody. Every day when I get up, I'm believing God to bless me. So me too, can I get up every day and I'm looking for somebody to bless.